welcome to the introductory episode of our new podcast, Vinylism. I'm your host, Adam Winchell. The show has been a long time coming, and on Vinylism, you'll hear me and a few friends discussing new releases, as well as reissues, and some of our favorite albums on vinyl. We'll also be giving recommendations and whatever else we want to talk about. I want to give a shout-out to two of my guests this episode, and good friends, Kenny, for helping with the theme music, Chemo for retrieving the logo and artwork. This is definitely a team effort bringing this to life, and I appreciate everyone's talents. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Without further ado, on with the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the introductory podcast of Vitalism. And let me introduce the panel. We got Chemo. What's going on, Chemo? Hello. I'm also known as Darshan on the internet. I have a website called Darshan.com. Nice. Darshan. And hang out in the library today, huh? Live from yep. the library? Yeah, better reliable internet here than home. <laughs> and we got Kenny on the line. What's going on, man? Hey, just chilling out. Just chilling, hanging out on a Sunday. Went for a bike ride. It's a beautiful day in sunny Burbank, California. You already went on a bike ride or you're going to go on a bike ride? I just came back a little while ago. Man, nice. Busy. Yeah. All right. Ready to, ready to talk some rock and roll, man. All right, and today we're talking about Shiner's The Egg. This is the 2018 re-release on B-Core Disc, and it's green-colored vinyl. Do you guys know what number you got? Oh, I forgot. I should have wrote it down. It was limited to 150, but I think there's other, a black available of this, right, still? Yeah. For some reason, mine came out 666. (laughs) Yes, it's a special edition for me. <laughs> and this was originally released in 2001 on CD only, I think, on DeSoto Records. So, cool. Uh, that's the album. And, Kimo, for listeners that may not know this great band, can you give us some background, some history of them, like how they started out? Sure. Walk us um, through it. I guess the label would be Post. Hardcore, an American post-hardcore band from Kansas City, Missouri. And they were active originally from 1992 to 2003. And they've been lately, actually this weekend, I think they're playing shows only in the Midwest, three dates. So they're... Didn't hear about that. It's awesome. Yeah. I'm not sure what the occasion is, but I think just to lay down some good good old-fashioned rock and roll... And uh, so they released um, The Egg on Vinyl on, in 2012 and did some shows in, let's see, so they played shows in New York at the Gramercy and Los Angeles Echoplex, which I think all three of us went to, yep. Granada and Lawrence, Kansas, and Chicago, Illinois at the Bottom Lounge. Then followed by this release of Starless on Vinyl, that was in 2015, where they only played primarily dates in the Midwest at, in Texas, Austin, Texas at the Red 7, Record Bar in Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri, Triple Rock in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and Empty Ball in Chicago, Illinois. And then 2017, they released... Lula Divinia, my favorite China record on vinyl, 
and they did five dates in Kansas City, Chicago, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and San Diego. Was that the first time Lulu was on vinyl? Which is like yeah. her second album, right? Yeah, second album. That was the first vinyl release, huh? Yeah. It did in backwards order. <laughs> hey, better late than never. Yeah. Play was released in 96... January 1st, 1996 on DeSoto Records. I still have that on vinyl. I bought it around that time, too. Nice. I was working at a record store in Northridge. Is that when, you first, is that when you first heard of them? Yeah. Well, it was really when I bought Lulu Divinia on CD. That really laid down the foundation for, for when I first started really listening to Shiner back then. In '97, when it was released. What about you, Kenny? When did you first hear of them? I heard of them through you. Uh, actually, I got turned on to them um, a little bit late. Um, it was probably like late '90s, maybe somewhere around 1999, something like that, where uh, a guy that I briefly played with in a band that I was trying to put together. Uh, told me about some other bands that he was into and Shiner was a name that he mentioned and uh, so actually the first album I heard from them was Starless and I heard that and uh, I was hooked on it and immediately like went out and found Lula Divinia and uh, really dug that too I mean there's there's a quite a bit of a difference in sound recording wise on those two albums the playing and all that is, is great but they had a different drummer you know, like the uh they had Tim Dow play on that uh, Lula Divinia album. And then uh, Jason Gerken came in on Starless. And uh, definitely have different drum tones and, and things like that, but both amazing, insane drummers in their own respect. And uh, I was just pretty blown away by it. So that, that was the first introduction. I remember the hype for uh, the Egg album coming out. And that was the first time I got to see them play was at the old Spaceland in Silver Lake on the, the Egg was on the Land Egg Tour. Now. What do they call Spaceland now? No satellite. Satellite. Yeah, no, it's right. called satellite. Yeah. Who but played? they didn't play. They didn't play the Egg in its entirety uh, for those shows. When it came out. Yeah. However, they did do the Egg in its entirety. Only in the Midwest, from like the East Coast to the Midwest, and I so I flew out to Texas, Austin, no Dallas, and um, Austin for two of the dates with Houston nice. opening. So, what year would that would have been? That was like two thousand one. Nice. Yeah. Who's around November? I think. Who's playing drums on the egg? Gurkin. Gurkin, huh? Yeah. 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 And then when we saw yeah. them last, they brought both drummers in, right? Right. Gherkin and Tim yeah. At the Echo, yeah. Which was yeah, like, Gherkin played most of it, but then they, they had Tim Dow come up and play a couple of tracks, which is pretty cool. That is cool. Bring yeah, that was last back. year. Yeah. Last year at the Echoplex. No, Echo. Just Echo, Echo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, getting in deep into the album, who wants to go first with their song? Kenny, you want to go? Which one did you have? Uh, uh, well, 
I was I was thinking of talking about a couple of them. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, but it, it's uh, sure how you want to how you want to roll this here. Like it's it's kind of hard to go in and break it down without hearing the tunes. Yeah, I'll, fl- I'll fly in it, some sounds. You, know. <laughs> uh, you just want to talk but, the song? As, um, you know, I mean, uh, you know, some of the uh, some of the stuff. Hang on, give me one second. I had a link pulled up on here. I mean, maybe you, which which team were you going to do, Adam? Are you going to do the truth about? Going to talk about the truth about cows? Like yeah, start I'll, probably I'll probably hit on that. Like, want to start at the opener? Sure, we can start with that the way, and then like I was I was looking at like surgery. Timo's got the classic title track, the egg. Yeah, nice. I, I claim this. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great one. Uh, I'll go ahead with the truth about cows. I was just spinning this album last night for the show and for front to back this green release we're talking about and, uh, it's great it's such a great album and Truth About Cows is a great album so solid Starts the album off great, and uh, I made some notes about it. Great separation overall on the vinyl itself. Just how the, you hear all the band interplay. And, uh, great atmosphere on the whole thing. Lyrically, I just think he's talking about conformity, and you know, the chorus part he keeps coming back to. I want to wake up and never dream. When I leave out the memory, left in the rain and it won't corrode. Don't make me exit the afterglow. It's just, you know, I mean, people just want to be part of the herd and don't want to know what's happening, and they don't want to wake up and they never want to dream. I think it can apply to nowadays too, especially the climate of politics. Politics. <laughs> like I said, just stuff is all over the album and these themes, and they started off in this track for sure. Great opener. Sounded great when we saw him do it live last year. Definitely one of my favorites right. by the band as well. Yeah. I think if we kind of like slide that into the next track, Surgery, you know, um, it's one of the things that I love about Shiner is the way their music is technically challenging, but to me, it, it doesn't really come off like math rock. And I do love me some math rock at times, so mm. there, there's times that I like that, but but they they kind of just give you little surprises, man, little offbeats here, little rhythm shifts, but they always do it in such a musical way. It doesn't, it doesn't come across like just wanky math rock. Definitely like some bands just... Some bands just want to show you how many notes that they can play, or like, look, we're playing in seventeen-eight rhythm right here, or whatever. And it's like, yeah, that's great, but there's no groove and no vibe. Like, there's just always really musical, but they give you like little angles and shifts that kind of surprise you, rather than always what's totally predictable. And I love that. I agree. There's always a groove there too, present. Yeah, I think a big part of that's the drumming. Oh yeah, yeah, and the interplay too. I like that a lot of times it feels like they're all playing. They're not just like 
all locked into one straight groove and the bass doubling the guitars and everybody's all locked in. Sometimes it almost feels like they're all four moving in different directions, but yet it crosses over and comes together just so perfectly. Absolutely. Yeah. I concur. What about this one, Surgery? It's pretty, pretty aggressive one, kind of, in your face. Interesting lyrics, too. A little bit. Yeah, I don't know. It's, you know, it's always a weird thing to analyze. Like, I feel like uh, looking at the lyrics that, you know, there, there's metaphor in there. It kind of, I, I have no idea exactly what, you know, Alan had in his mind when he wrote the lyrics for it. But, you know, it kind of seems like something about, you know, sort of like, uh, sort of, how uh, maybe like how we sometimes, or at least is what I take from it, maybe sometimes how we kind of hide all the stuff that's going on inside us to everyone else around the world that like, you know, that basically we try to have, we have all these feelings in our own personal inner struggles and whether that's for career and relationships and whatever. And sometimes there's kind of tears that open up in that and some little bits of those things come out or something like that. I, I don't know. It's, it's like there's maybe... Maybe he was actually inspired because there's uh, some lines in here about surgery in the road coming apart, slips through the holes. Like, maybe he actually saw a big pothole in a road and was like, God damn it. Why can't they fix these fucking potholes? And, like, you know, then he just started with that metaphor and made some stuff up. Some great lines in here, too. I don't mean to cut you off, but uh, it's the thrill of the wound, which he repeats. You know, it's a bit of a chorus, I guess, or section or. It's great, and uh, I see a line later here, masturbate, it's a show. <laughs> Always going with the board with that. But I love this one, too. Yeah. It keeps the album going. Track two, it's just very it's upbeat. Like what you were saying, how they're all playing around each other a bit. It all comes together, different parts. Yeah. Kimo, what do you I think? agree. What do you think of this one, Kimo? Surgery starts off with Jason's drumming, and um, it's a really good track. I, I, I like Surgery a lot, too. And uh, the interplay of the, the musicians is awesome on this track, too. Um, just how the two guitars are... It's almost like it reminds me of the song um, Semper Fi, how... In another Semper Shiner Fi, song. Another Shiner song on Starless that um, like Alan will play something different and then Josh plays off of it and it kind of like intertwined like rhythms but this one is more I think not rhythmically challenging but just like uh, both guitars are aligned so it's like one is playing a higher note the other is playing a lower note and uh, just guitars are are really sound really cool on this at the forefront too and yeah I noticed on a few other tracks they probably did it on this one but uh they'll separate it left and right like hard left hard right pan different guitar parts and just these little details you pick out when you're kind of listening actively to it so yeah it's a good one Kenny you got anything yeah. else on that one 
I think we've hit that one. Hit that one pretty well. Yeah. Chemo, the title track. Great oh, tune. Boy. Yeah. Okay, what so... Man, um, I would say that it starts off with Alan's guitar, just playing the simple riff, but then when you listen closely, as soon as Jason Gherkin kicks in with his really interesting rhythm, uh, I guess would it be like a staccato-type rhythm? And uh, he, uh, as, as Jason's playing... Uh, Alan's playing slows down all of it into triplets, so that's really a cool aspect of the beginning of the song. So that kind of... I noticed that after listening to it probably a thousand times, but then listening to that part just from him playing it, I think... I'm not sure I'd have to listen to it again, but uh, it's a different rhythm and then he slows down to triplets and then when the drums kick in then it just solidifies that rhythm and uh, the lyrics are really interesting uh, talks about like, something about like he's hoping for an egg five wheels chosen for their need for untold speed three break leaving two more straining just to breathe the way they record his vocals is really interesting too because it's not very he's like whispering like it's like a kind of like a secretive thing and he's just like oh my this egg is like uh, sacred you know it's like a secret kind of deal and uh, yeah really interesting lyrics for this one um, the first first verse and uh, even the the chorus man when the chorus kicks in for this track oh my so uh, interesting choice of chords too I um, drop C D standard tuning guitar tuning guitar tuning and uh, the chords that he uses on the chorus are really just like sonically devastating and just like really just enunciates the how like I don't know like a the urgency in the lyrics, I guess. So, it, and it hangs there spinning and really glowing. And you can't stop laughing. And his palms keep sweating. He can't, can't stop dreaming of cradling his egg. Just like cool lyrics and just like I think it's a great song this is such a good song this is yeah, definitely yeah. I mean it comes in the center of the album but it's definitely kind of the centerpiece of this whole mm-hmm. thing I think and well you gotta think of like the egg analogy you know like uh, it's like right giving birth bringing life to whatever it could be like reaching for some sort of creative genius or, or something you know yeah like uh, 
you know, at least that's that's the way I could look at it. It's like sort of like uh, you know wanting to reach something, some goal or some some creativity or it could be anything in your life, like striving for that success or to finally feel validated. And uh, you know, it's kind of this tension about striving and reaching for that, and then finally getting there. That chorus, you know, it's kind of like finally getting there and just like laughing and, and palm sweating, dreaming, cradling the egg. Uh, it's a cool tune. Definitely, in the rhythmically too, like uh, like Kimo was saying at the beginning, it's one of those things they do where it's like they kind of have this guitar part that sounds like it's kind of in threes and then the drums sort of come in like in fours or something, right? It's like, it's almost like two sort of disconnected rhythms that work together mm-hmm. and that's one of the cool things that they do a lot yeah. and uh, they always do it well yeah it just sets up this this nice sort of you know soft haunting floating vocals over the top of it too so yeah it's a good track i wrote some notes down on this last night and the main one was this is a dark song it's pretty dark i think like i agree yeah uh, but very good very effective and interesting lyric. I honestly I'm not sure I know what he's saying, talking about on this one, but uh, the second line, three break, leaving two that strained to barely breathe. It's interesting. Uh, I think of anxiety when I strain yeah. to breathe yeah. is like anxiety. Or going off the rails. I, I, yeah, going off the rails. Um, I kind of relate that to my life and uh, – what Kenny was saying about creativity and birthing of an egg, I also think of uh, how eggs are so delicate. Like he's trying, he's waiting on his egg. He's he's found his egg, cradling his egg. I think it's like he's trying to keep it from breaking. From my perspective, just like how I interpret the lyrics, like this guy, this person that Alan's singing about is protecting some kind of secret, I think. Yeah. I, I think another way that sort of comes to mind thinking of it too, like which, and this is something I, I find cool and interesting with music is uh, sometimes this kind of metaphor that people can interpret in different ways is, is really cool. It sort of leaves it up to each person to, to feel what they feel. But it's kind of like, almost like, you know, the, the wheels analogy and, uh, you know, the speed and wheels falling off and all this is sometimes like how you can basically set your mind on achieving something and being like so dead set on that that you don't see how you're basically just blowing up the rest of your life and maybe even like shedding people or friends or uh, you know things like that you know just like in this search to achieve something and maybe as an artist uh, that seems like something that could that, that a lot of artists can struggle with like if you're trying to be in a band and touring you're trying to reach the success and on the road possibly like you know, having struggles with relationships, but being so dead set on trying to achieve this that, you know, you just can't worry about that, you know? Can't stop to, to, to care that all the wheels are falling off because you're looking for this egg and then you finally get the egg, but then maybe realize, now I've got this egg, but everything else is gone. Or I have like, to keep going to the next thing, like, you know, the next anticipation of the cat chasing the crave spark. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of an elusive thing that you can you can hold it or try to try to hold it, but it's so fragile, like an egg, like you like you must say. 
it's easy to crush. <laughs> I, also wrote, I also wrote down on this, it was a great build-up. I think Kimo hit on that pretty well, just uh, the build-up to the chorus, but stuff the band is doing just on this one. It's very interesting, very good. Great track. Yeah, especially the there's so much drama going on, especially in the pre-chorus when they're playing the higher notes, both Alan and Josh. Um, there's like so much stress going on in that part of the song. It's like building up for the the chords that finally kick in for the chorus. It's just that last note when like with the weird dissonant sound or um, the very last note before the chorus kicks in is like, it's kind of, kind of like a screeching sound. Yeah. And then it's like kicks in. So it's like pretty cool. It leaves you hanging for that dramatic. great chorus. Very dramatic. In. I think we hit that one yeah. pretty well. Uh, any others you guys want to... So that's pretty much everything on side... I mean, close to everything on side one. We left out a couple. Play Dead is a great song. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the first five, six songs. Uh... We can just hit on a few of the other ones on the side too. Of bells and whistles, great one, very riff driven, fantastic yeah, guitars. I wrote. To me, uh, that really showcases uh, Gherkin's drumming too in this one. Very subtle, but when when you listen to the verses, the way it goes, he plays with the tension of the beats and throwing in his fills in little off ways that, that even though you've got this very simple dan dan kind of guitar line in some of the spots they pull interesting things out of it rhythmically especially the, the drumming on this one which I really dig it's easy as you like but you won't expect it and you want it all but you won't get it Yeah, he just takes it to another level, uh, Jason Gherkin on drums. And I wrote bass against eighth note guitars. So you have this great bass groove and the uh, eh, 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 guitar part going. So cool. like that effect. Yeah, it's a good tune, man. I think it, it has a lot of that sort of like falling apart and coming together feel that, that sometimes they do where the... Uh, You've got these separate riffs and rhythms kind of working off of each other during the verses, and then uh, the musical riff that comes in after that, they all hit it together and lock into like a tight groove. Oh, yeah. Sort of, sort of, you know, tension of things almost falling apart and then clicking and coming together. It's kind of a, it's like an epic sort of sound that they got. Great opener for side two also, I have to say. Keeps the momentum the record going really well. Kimo, what do you think of this one? I, I particularly like this song because the lyrical content is like something that's it's really interesting. It's dark, another dark track. Definitely. Um, it's easy as a cake, but you won't expect it. Then you lose it all and it's gone and now 
and you know that it's gone. It's simple as a game with no objective, but you fucked it up now, and it's done now. Yeah, yeah just the way Alan, like, Delivers sings that. the song. Yeah. And goes right into the chorus. It's like, da na na yeah, that it's just such a memorable song. This also, is a, this is a memorable one for sure. Stands yeah. out here. Uh, just fly through a few of these. I made some sure. notes. Uh, the simple truth, which comes right after the sunset B. Man, this is a great song. I think it's an instrumental. I believe all the way through. No, there's lyrics. Simple truth. There is, isn't there? There's, there's yeah. like a short. It's brief, but the last part of the song is got. That's right. Uh, mostly instrumental part. Uh, I wrote mm-hmm. Troubled Side 2 song on this one. And, uh, for the simple truth? Yeah, for the simple truth. It's also pretty Trump. kind of dark. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I wrote Busy But Cool, the arrangement, what everyone's doing on this one. And that jam at the end is just, it goes on. This might be the longest song on the album. I think it's their longest song. Yeah, it's almost eight. Clocks in at almost eight minutes. Yeah, Seven fifty-seven. So, yeah, it's their longest song out of all their songs in their really? discography. Yeah, great jam on this one. Yeah, powerhouse drumming I wrote on this one. It's fantastic. Yeah, uh, I'll run through these real fast. Spook the herd is a bit of a reprise of, basically a reprise of uh, Truth About Cows. More great drums I wrote. Ends on an even harder jam, which yeah. kind of reprises the verse chorus of uh, Truth About Cows. Very short. Uh, love this one, and then just like I love, you know, Truth About Cows itself. Pills, what do you guys think of this one? Next to last song. I tried figuring this out on guitar, but I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's just such an interesting rhythm. And what they're playing, like the. It's very dissonant, extremely dissonant. And I think it's one of the coolest riffs. And I think you can hear Jay Robbins in one of the, one of the uh, lyrics. He sings kind of back up, and he's kind of buried in the mix. But uh, I forget where he, um, But yeah, Jay Robbins is a guest on this song. We also forgot that I think Matt Tobit of Hum guessed it on the top of the world doing some of the, or just that really simple uh, keyboard riff. Oh, yeah. Keyboard lick. So, but is yeah. He, I'm looking at Discogs here. Is he credited? Uh, I see Jay Robbins. Yeah, he he was part of the uh, recording and engineering and mixing of it. Yeah. So it was him and Jason Livermore together, I think. Right. That's great. Yeah, I see Matt Tobit's keyboards. Which uh, I'm a big Jay Robbins fan, and uh, I think we didn't hit on that yet. But uh, I think you know that's a, the, the recording and sound tones and things that they got on this is also something that I really dig a lot because uh, it sounds great, but it also sounds raw and real. It doesn't sound overproduced, you know, the way so many things these days sound. Where like every snare hit is just like dead perfect, like it's all you know sampled and sound replaced and auto tuned and all this kind of stuff like you got this just raw powerful vibe of the band playing and uh i think yeah they had that on their other albums too but i i definitely have a sweet spot uh for the stuff that jay robbins records because uh 
like a lot of the bands that he's worked with and a lot of his recordings and his own personal recordings. So I think that's mm-hmm. something too, it's pretty rad on this record. I got, I think this is their best selling album. This one, the egg for me. Um, I have to point in also or chime in that, uh, there was a write up that Jason Livermore did saying that, um, they did not use a, a metronome throughout this entire record. They actually just use, Jason Gherkin's rhythm, his style and his hitting. And uh, I talked to another drummer friend, and he said that um, Jason's like one of the best drummers he's ever worked with. Like from what he wrote about Jason Livermore working with Gherkin. And you can hear it too, definitely on here. But that's, that's, you know, it's humanity, man. We're not perfect, we're not machines. We're not robots, and like you want to hear people play. When people play and they have a soul and they feel what they're playing, sometimes the grooves shift a little forward and back based mm-hmm. on what's happening in the songs. And uh, I love that. I love that when it's done well and you hear, you really hear the people playing. It's it's not so mechanical sounding like some of the stuff that comes out these days. Yeah, yeah, very, very organic sound they got. Yeah, and just a few more things on this song, the pill or pills i love mm-hmm. the outro on this so good uh he's repeating the lines then it pins you to the wall and you just can't turn it off and you sink into the sea but it keeps you on your knees just that outro and musically what they're doing uh i wrote down overdriven delay pedals on the outro it's very good effect what they're doing but they got mm-hmm. the left and right channels driven too on the outro because the bass is just kind of driving that whole great layered vocals everything on this one yeah. just, wow yeah they got a nice breakdown in the middle of the song too where things kind of chill out and get spacey yeah and you hear the bass and drums breathe a little bit after all of the, the, the driving heavy stuff leading up to that it's kind of cool great get effect. to hear music Musically, you get to hear each of the different instruments kind of spread out a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, and I remember what Jay Robbins sings. He says, uh, and I don't care what keeps me sane, just keep me sane. What song He's, is that on? Uh, on Pills, oh, right. where he sings the backup. That's where he, I was trying to remember where he sang on that song and if you listen to the track, you could hear Jay Robbins' like signature vocals just doing backups on that part to enunciate on what Alan's singing. Yeah. Great tune, and then it brings us to the last one that closes the album out called Stoned. Uh, I wrote a few things down on this, but what do you guys think of this one? It's a great closer for the 
domestic release of the egg, yeah. However, the Japanese release has um, Dirty Jazz and I'll Leave Without You, which are two, another two great songs on the Japanese release that people try to hit me up and want to buy my CD of that copy. <laughs> So it's um, even longer. It makes it like 13 songs or something. Yeah. I've never heard those. Oh, you haven't? No, but they're at the, on the Discog site has embedded both okay. of the songs. I'll send them to you then, yeah. I need to hear those. But, uh, yeah, I think they, they, always, they always had a mix of the heaviness and the, the loudness and the power uh, with some introspection and some, some mellower, kind of moodier, quieter, spacey stuff. And so th- this is... A good example of that, and I kind of feel like uh, like uh, Alan Epley put a fair amount of this into like his future projects, like the Life and Times, where sometimes for my taste he gets a little bit too mellow and introspective, and I want to hear him rock more, like the way Shiner did. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of one of the one of the things that they've always done, they always did, I should say, uh, with the, with the ups and downs, man, kind of encompassing. Totally. All those vibes. Yeah, interesting lyrics too for Stoned. Celebrate the bleary eye. The king of everything has been dethroned. I wrote down uh, Epley gets another pummeling part in at the end. It doesn't seem really heavy at the end. (laughs) Yeah. Great drum impact I wrote on this, on that ending. It's just wow. It almost reminds me of the Life and Time song. the last song off the first CP. Magician. No, not the magician. The first CP is uh, the flat end of the earth. Yeah, it's called yeah. flat end of the earth. And like servo on there. Dramatic, dramatic like ending outro part is just it reminds you of stoned in a way. Yeah. Which the Life and Times was Alan Epley's band after Shiner, which he still yeah. gets together with them and Shiner when he feels like it. Seems like. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wrote down just thematically on this last song, what is it that keeps us stoned? Like, you know, the chorus is makes us stoned and keeps us stoned. Just talking yeah. about like, you know, everyday input. Like, yeah, it's an interesting. It's another dark song. This whole album's yeah, dark. <laughs> this album's pretty dark. Yeah, when you look at the lyrics, but I think the feeling I get from listening to this, I feel like. Just like the rock is just like alive on this record. Definitely. Yeah, I, Go ahead. Uh, man, I feel like, you know, uh, this was like, you know, kind of closed out the 90s. I mean, this, it came out in the 2000s, right? But it's sort of like, mm-hmm. in a way, kind of put a stamp on the end of like that great 90s sound and vibe that like a, a lot of bands, like a lot of these Midwest bands had things kind of started shifting and changing a bit from there, it seemed like. And, uh, you know, they were just part of that. Uh, there's there's so many other great bands that kind of came out of that pocket, too. Like, the early 90s, everybody thought Seattle was, like, the spot, and there was tons of great music that came out of there. But uh, the Midwest, like, you know, Kansas City, Missouri, and Illinois, and places like that, this amazing stuff was coming out, too, that was... Uh, definitely far removed from like the Hollywood glitz and glamour and New York and all that. And you you had these these other bands like, uh, you know, Molly McGuire and Jason Gerken played with too. And, you know, Hum and 
these other bands that were coming out at that time too that just had such such cool stuff like i always loved the really heavy you know wall of sound kind of guitar tones and stuff that just kind of buries you but without all the macho cock rock of pantera and the other yeah. heavy stuff that was coming out at that time that's a good point what you said how this kind of closed off at the end of the 90s even though it came out in 2001 i have something controversial to say i'm gonna go out on a limb with this okay chemo see if you agree this album came out in march 2001 the egg and this is in the wake of Radiohead's Kid A. And I hear quite a bit of influence of Kid A on this album a bit. Down to the keyboard sounds you have in, uh, what's the fourth track on here? Top of the World. Yeah. It definitely has a Kid A vibe. And just some of the, lyrically, some of the stuff he's singing about, uh, I think it's in the second song. Surgery? Surgery. Or What is the line? Yeah. All the children gathered around to pull the cars apart and see what falls out. Just lyrically reminds me of some of the stuff Radiohead, Radiohead did on Kid A. There. Just wanted to get it out. Kimo, you yeah. kind of know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's such a huge album, it was kind of hard to... I'm going to go out on a limb and say Alan Epley was a little inspired by it. I, I would agree with that, because... When did Kid A come out? Uh, it was like... September or October of 2000. It was like oh, late okay. 2000. So, yeah. so they were probably listening to that a lot before they went into the studio for the egg then. Or during. Yeah. But I have no confirmation of that. I've never heard Alan Epley ever say anything about that. But... You just love Radiohead, so if another one of your bands can pull influence from Radiohead, it makes you even happier. Well, I hear a lot of Radiohead influence on Life and Times, too, uh, particularly on uh, Tragic Boogie, the album, some of the guitar stuff they're doing. But, you know, I'll leave that out there. Uh, that covers the album pretty well. Uh, yeah. Do you guys have any suggestions for further Shiner listening after this? I would further say... Shiner listening? Shiner or anything else. Related. Emily's done. It could be Life and Times. I would say Tragic Boogie is a great record by, by Life, Life and Times. And Times. Yeah. yeah. It's like they're the third album or so. Yeah. yeah. So good. Well, if you want to want to get deep into uh the tracks of like some of the some of the scene and like the band members kind of uh you know incestuously moving around between bands and things, it's like, you know, Alan Epley's band after Shiners, The Life and Times, and uh his drummer I forget his name. Was it Eric something? The, the, that's Eric. Drummer. Drummer is a bass player, and then Chris Metcalf is a drummer. Okay, Chris Metcalf. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, like, Chris Metcalf was in a band called The Stella Link, which yeah. uh, was very, like, hum and shinery, kind of, in a sense. It had that had that heavy mid- Midwest uh, rock kind of 90s sound that was a great album. I think they only made one. Yes. Mystic Jaguar uh, Attacks, yeah. Yeah, and uh, if you want to like dig into the vaults, I have no idea if that one's out on vinyl these days. But, yeah, that's uh, on that, Yeah, that's a great album to dig into uh, if you haven't gotten into that and you want some more of the uh, like a hidden nugget for that that Midwest rock sound. Nice, great record, great recommendation there, Kenny. I have to go back to that one myself. 
Other other related stuff would be Molly McGuire with Jason Gerken on drums. Uh, they, they got they got back together and, and recorded an album a couple years ago. Was that came three? Out now? Three. And uh, pretty awesome, pretty amazing drumming from Jason Gerken. And yeah. uh, they came out of that same scene. And Alan Epley guested on a song on that one. Broken, Broken phones. phones. Yeah, yeah, great track. I think that covers uh, Shiner portion pretty well of this show. Do you guys have any other get into the recommendations? Do you guys have any other just general vinyl recommendations? I think we're going to do one each. Yeah, the album I just got recently in the mail was from Pelagic Records, and uh, it's by a band called Ancestors. And they uh, recorded an album with Gabe and Ben Shoten, I think that's how he's pronounce last name but Gabe is also uh, roadie for Ken Andrews and uh, Failure and he helped make the soundscape for Ancestors new record called Suspended in Reflections and it's a it's a great sounding record I highly recommend it uh, I think it's still available in spotter vinyl maybe maybe not uh, available in black right now I know but uh yeah, I highly recommend Ancestors. Justin Moranga was in a band called Ninth Horse with Sam James Feld and also played in Moss in Gabe's band Mossbreaker temporarily as a rhythm guitarist. So in that playing those parts probably helped him write the new record and recording with Gabe also, so I highly recommend that record. Nice. nice, nice. I've seen that one. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Uh, when, how, do, how do you feel it plays into their history, like from the other Ancestors releases? What do you feel like um, they did with this album? Sound Mind and Invisible World, I think is their second album. Um, those were released on TP Records. Uh, they're much different. They're more like post-metal really long drawn out songs I remember seeing them once you were screaming after the end they said like play another play an encore but then their songs they said our songs are too damn long we're not going to play an encore (laughs) but uh, they definitely changed on this record there's variation on lengths where there's like a couple tracks that are extremely long kind of long and others that are within maybe called radio rock playable so, yeah. All right. Great. Kenny, you got a vinyl recommendation for us? Uh, yeah, I'll say uh, the, uh, one of the, the, the most recent ones that I picked up uh, that uh, I'm pretty high on right now is a, a band from Australia called Circles. And uh, I had one CD from them a number of years back. So this new album that just came out, it's called The Last One. And uh, I've been finding that for quite a while, Australia has been a hotbed for some, some pretty awesome, like, heavy, froggy rock kind of stuff. And um, so with this, this album, Circles, the last one, uh, they've got a new singer now. It's the first album they put out in five years. And uh, technically, I think it's only their second full-length album. Uh, they've got a new vocalist, and their style, their, their previous album was a little bit more on the gent kind of side, a little bit more techie, and a lot of a lot of trickier stuff and double bass blasts and things like that, but but very melodic vocally. 
not a lot of screaming or any of that kind of stuff. And uh, the new album that came out, I would say it's it's definitely along the, uh, the the vein of like the kind of vibe that Carnival created. It's very like great band, uh, very very heavy and melodic, progressive kind of uh, kind of vibe. It's definitely got some some heavy like up tempo stuff, but the uh, the vocal tracks uh, are really good. A lot of melody in there, and uh, they're kind of a little bit of a hidden gem, I think, to me, because uh, they, uh, I think, started to create some hype back you know, around 2014 when their other album was out. Uh, they've changed labels. The new one is out on uh, Season of Mist Records. And I pick up the vinyl. I was one of the early ones, so I got and got the limited edition uh, sort of powder blue colored uh, vinyl. I think they got a color, couple of colors still available. They have like a turquoise... And uh, I'm not sure what not to look it up. I think they got a turquoise and a green and then like the standard black that are uh, still out there. But if you like prog rock, like Carnival, I guess they're, they're going out on tour, I think, with Caligula's Horse, who's another great prog rock band from Australia. If you're into that kind of, uh, that kind of stuff, Dead Letter Circus, Carnival, Caligula's Horse, uh, yeah, this would definitely be something you want to pick up and check out. Nice. Dovetail off of that, my pick is another Australian band. A little different, perhaps musically, but uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. And this is their, f- God, their fourth album from last year, called, and newest, I think, called Gumboot Soup. That's on uh, ATO Records slash Flightless Records. And, uh, yeah, like I said, another Australian band. Very psychedelic. This album, I got the translucent red with smoke and black splatter. You guys can see those. Nice. Uh, ooh. ooh. Uh, it's a great record. Sounds good. They have kind of a lo-fi garage rock psychedelic thing going on. It's still very well recorded. And uh, it's pretty funny on side two. It ends in a lock groove that uh, just keeps going and going if your uh, turntable is not automatic. So, uh, I like stuff like that. It's kind of funny. So uh, that says it has a March 30th re- release date of 2018, but I think the album actually came out last year. So, but I've been that's my pick. I've been spinning it a good amount. Highly what are, recommend what, it. What are some of your uh, favorite tracks on there? Uh, Beginner's Luck is interesting, uh, which is the first side on this first song. This first side, uh, the last cut, like I said, ends in the lock groove is great. The wheel, it's called. Whole thing is great. I highly recommend it. Very interesting band too. Very productive band. So. Yeah, I see those guys. Seems like every every few months they seem to be putting out something new. Yeah, it's crazy. So I wonder how they could be out and touring it in the studio and recording all the time to be putting out so much material. It must be just nonstop. Pretty pretty impressive. They must have yeah. a lot of material stockpiled. It's the only thing I can. Yeah, but, um, that's cool. All right, well, final thoughts? Chemo, final thoughts? Final thoughts, let's see. Damn, I got a lot of schoolwork. <laughs> this guy's kidding. very busy with school. Yeah. And I'm glad you um, can make it, man, for this, for this first yeah, recording. Thanks for inviting me and Ken. And uh, My final thoughts, I would say, let's see, I'm trying to get a project in the books right now for Houston. 
trying to figure out if I can, if it's feasible enough to get their vinyl press, but it's going to be without the blessing of the lead singer guitarist. So it's going to be kind of weird. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. That's me. Kenny, final thoughts. Uh, Well, I'll just say um, on my uh, upcoming release radar in the vinyl land, um, band that I've suddenly gotten a little bit obsessed with lately. I, I, I followed them for a number of years, uh, early on in their history uh, and then I kind of lost track of them for a while and uh, they're called Me Without You and uh, basically they've got a new album coming out that's called uh, it's Untitled they've got a couple of tracks they've released two tracks as a pre-release right now one of those was just released this week uh, the second track that they put up uh, and um, basically uh, it's it's off the hook, their last album, previous album, was called Pale Horses, and uh, I've been spinning that one quite a bit. Uh, just kind of, I feel like uh, they had a little bit of a hardcore twinge to them in their early days. They always kind of mixed up this kind of loud, you know, loud and quiet mix where they could have this like almost spoken word vocals and then break out to some screaming. They always had really good music, but they're something that eventually kind of. Uh, I kind of had burned out on that vibe, I guess. Um, but the, the album that they came out with uh, called Pale Horses, which I think, uh, looking it up right now, I think it came out in 2016. 2015, Pale Horses came out. And uh, it's amazing. I, had, I, I didn't hear that when it came out, but I've been listening to it. And it's just a really good guitar rock album. There's so much electronic stuff coming out these days. But these guys, uh, they've got really good melodies, really good musical interplay between uh, the band. Um, some some good heavy rocking stuff and some good spacier stuff. And uh, So I'm really excited having heard uh, a couple of the new tracks for the new one. And uh, that new Untitled album I've heard release on October 5th. And uh, they've got a bunch of really cool vinyl colors. Uh if you pre-order right now, they've got red vinyl, yellow vinyl, blue vinyl, and then your classic black. And uh, the album cover artwork is kind of the same colors, red, yellow, and blue. Uh, and uh, I'm pretty stoked on this one. So if you haven't, if you haven't checked them out, I would, I would take a list of the Pale Horses and the two tracks that you can check out right now uh, for their new album. They've got one called Julia, parentheses, or Holy to the Lord on the Bells of Horses. And uh, the newest track they just put out this last week called Another Head for Hydra. Uh, give you a little taste of the new album. I'm pretty excited about it. Where can people so, check that out at? Where you're listening to it at? Disco, or, uh, Bandcamp? Well, I guess it's uh, being released on uh, Run for Cover Records. But yeah, on Bandcamp um, is where you can listen to it or Spotify, the usual places you can, you can find it for tunes. I look forward to hearing it at a future record party that we do because we're nerds. All right. Well, we appreciate vinyl, man. What's that? We appreciate vinyl. That's right. Well, you, Adam. Any, any, uh, any stuff you're looking forward to that's like on the release radar? Uh, Nothing comes to mind offhand. I was very excited to get the newest Swerve Driver reissue, Projector Seat Reservation, which was their third album. Apparently, getting its first U.S. release here. There's a whole story about that that we may cover on a future podcast. But uh finally got that in the mail. Sounds great. 
was enjoying it. And uh, yeah, as far as upcoming, uh, I have nothing on my radar quite yet. So. And David Crosby. Well, yeah. He does have a new album coming out later this year. <laughs> so I'll probably check that out. <laughs> cool. Right on, man. I, right, I got the Swerve Driver, too, man. I've been spinning that uh, Jagger Seat Reservation, too, man. It's a great album. Good to have on LP, too, yeah. finally. Yeah, it's good to see it finally released here, man, for sure. I mean, the original's a, it's an album from 95, and the original copies on final. Pretty expensive. Hard, hard to come by as well. <laughs> so, another yeah. good music on vinyl reissue that I'm sure we'll talk about. So. Alright guys, I think that's a wrap Appreciate you Thanks for coming on Thanks for listening guys Alright, until the next needle drop Catch you guys <laughs> later Alright